now none of us um, have the opportunity to be fragile or break easily. We're all kind of put into this place. So it's a new journey. It's tough. It's it's not easy. And Donna alluded to that earlier when she said you can do all the self-care in the world. But at the end of the day, there are going to be days where it's hard and that's okay. Don't stuff it in the basement. Deal with it. Let it be hard because that's part of your process of becoming kind of the unbelievable person that, that you were born to be. The human experience is the greatest project any of us will undertake, yet it's often the one we spend the least amount of time working on. My name is Matt Johnston. I'm a self-professed personal development junkie, a retired pro golfer, and I now work for an organization that provides employee and health benefits to hundreds of thousands of people. It should be common sense to realize that what happens at work is what people bring home and what happens at home comes to them to work, but that's too often ignored. That's why each week, I hope to uncover a little more around what it means to be a human, working and living in the 21st century. We'll be learning from experts, having conversations and getting insights into all those things that fall at the intersection of life and work, emotional and physical health, skills and money, all of the relationships we navigate each day, and of course, the purpose and meaning we all desire. This is The Human Assignment. Hello and welcome to the Human Assignment Podcast, or welcome back if you've listened before. I'm recording this episode after an unintentional three-month hiatus from recording podcast episodes, but man, is it good to be back. It's uh, fun to be recording these these episodes and having these conversations again and and looking forward to uh, a regular cadence going forward. A lot has happened since our last episode in the world. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's April 26th as I record this. And these are certainly strange and challenging and uh, uncertain times to say the least. So I I hope that this episode finds you wherever you are uh, safe and uh, and healthy and that those that you love and and are in your life are, are, are doing well. This episode was a great one and timely for me. It's with two very dear friends of mine, Dr. Adrian Leslie Tugood and Donna Harris from Tugood Consulting. Uh, they've been helping our company out a lot through their company, Tugood Consulting, which is a high performance and leadership consulting uh, firm. And we were recording a webinar for, for our team, actually, and the content was just so good that I, I asked them if we could just keep going and record this podcast. So for quick bios, uh, Dr. Adrian Leslie Tugood was my third interview on this podcast, and uh, and I had a lot of positive feedback on on that interview. She spent the last three decades competing and consulting at the highest levels of sport. Adrian is a licensed psychologist and adjunct faculty member at the University of Manitoba. She's the past chair of the Canadian Sports Psychology Association and is currently the director of sports psychology at the Canadian Sports Centre of Manitoba. Adrian has a wide range of experience supporting people in the corporate setting and various organizations and uh, an extensive experience in sports working with athletes at all levels, including clients ranging from individual Olympic athletes, teams, coaches, uh, even to PJ Tour winners. Donna Harris is a chartered professional coach with a deep background in program development and implementation. She has developed and led the implementation of various national and provincial sport programs across Canada while in senior leadership positions at Athletics Canada, Racquetball Canada, and Athletics Manitoba. Donna holds a Master's of Arts in Kinesiology, where her thesis explored the impact of passion on the performance and lives of elite coaches and their partners. I'm quite familiar with this, with this research. I think it's fascinating. We actually we touch on it on this, uh, in this podcast. Donna is currently a wellness consultant in the private sector, where I get the great privilege to work with her on a daily basis at, uh, at Johnston Group, where she supports us. So please enjoy this conversation. The The tagline for Too Good Consulting is embrace your humanity, elevate your performance. These two are, are experts at, uh, at uh, supporting folks in uncertain, in uncertain times. I mean, that is their specialty working with, with high-performance athletes. They, are, uh, they have a ton of energy. They're smart. They work with the best, but they're grounded people. And their message is 
is is relevant and is accessible. So I uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I always enjoy uh, conversations with with Adrian and Donna. Uh, if you enjoy it, enjoy the show. Feel free to please give us a review on iTunes. That's how we the best way that we can promote what we're doing. Uh, take care, stay safe, and uh, enjoy the episode. Adrian and Donna, thank you for taking the time. Again, we just got off recording a webinar for Johnston Group, our company, which was amazing. And um, uh, we just, we thought we'd keep the recording going and, uh, and have a conversation around in podcast form. So to give quick introduction, you both are dear friends of mine, have been incredible supports in my life. And um, I, I, really respect the work that you that you both do and um it's been a privilege to be able to 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 do work with both of you and so i i thought that we would frame this conversation around what you both do on a day-to-day basis you adrian you are a sports psychologist and work with some of the best athletes in the world you work with teams you work with coaches you work with in the corporate environment you work with um, emergency room doctors and the work that you both do there and the research that you've done is uh, very applicable to these uncharted territories that we all find ourselves in so looking forward to having a good conversation today great so i why don't we start off by just talking about a little bit about Too Good Consulting, who you are and what uh, what you do. Adrian, you've been on the show before, but um, uh, yeah, if you could just talk about the work that you do in, in, in healthier times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, what I'm going to do in terms of Too Good Consulting is I'm going to let uh, Donna start. You know, it's good to know your strengths and uh, describing what we do is not mine. So I'm going to let Donna take that one and uh, I'll jump in later. Okay, perfect. Uh, at Too Good Consulting, I guess our elevator pitch is that we help you embrace your humanity and know who you are so that you can elevate your performance by being your authentic self with um, uh, with yourself and with the, the team that you work with every day. And um, how we sort of came to be was um, uh, in... I can't even remember what year it was, 2011 maybe, I decided to do a master's degree um, to look at how we could positively influence the performance of elite coaches because I was in a leadership role and tasked with uh, creating a succession plan for coaches at Athletics Canada that were our next generation and uh, coaches that would um, eventually go on to lead our national team. And we found out that there were some challenges in terms of uh, engaging coaches to take that next step. And I myself was a coach that had the opportunity to go down the national team path and, and didn't for a variety of reasons. And, um, we found out that uh, just in that sort of initial preliminary research that we did with coaches in track and field was that some people were a little bit scared about taking that next step and some people were, you know, just unsure that they would want to leave their personal lives as they were and continue down that pathway. So I thought, you know what, there has to be a better way to do this. We need to understand the situation a little bit better. So I engaged in a graduate degree that ended up looking at um, – uh, the role of passion and the performance and lives of, of elite coaches. And Adrian was a co-advisor on that project. And um, uh, when the project was finally done and I <laughs> defended my thesis, I laughed because it, I was doing it part-time while uh, having children and building a house. And so I, I don't recommend that as the formula uh, for graduate work for anyone. But uh, when we finally got to the end, we had the opportunity to take the research and turn it into an applied workshop in sport, um, working specifically with uh, elite coaches and helping them to understand what they need and how they can create an environment for what they need so that they're able to create a sustained performance level in their lives, not just uh, you know survive for one Olympics and then exit the system. And what we've learned is that those concepts uh, that help to sustain coaches are, def- are applicable to anyone in their lives. And in particular, uh, some pretty powerful learnings for uh, leaders and, uh, and anyone who works in an area that they're passionate about. And so from um, the beginning of, uh, of a graduate project, we've been able to uh, work together and, um, and help support uh, people in and outside of, uh, in and outside of sport. For sure. 
Adrian, do you have anything to add there? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I was, I, I, I've, I'm very familiar with, with that, with your research and um, I've had the opportunity to, to, to sit in on a few of the workshops, which are very impactful, obviously. Can you speak to the outcomes of that, of that research? Cause I think that, I think it's very relevant to, to leaders in everyday life, but especially right now in a time where it feels like I, I had a friend who said, uh, said the other day I, that he felt like he was flying a jet plane through an, uh, an air balloon parade. So like it, <laughs> some days kind of feel like that. And I think that the yeah. outcomes of that research you did with the Olympic coaches, I think people could probably relate to it right now. For sure. For sure. I think some of the, the uh, most relevant uh, findings are that uh, – one of the one of the the research was qualitative, so it involved it was interviews. So essentially, we were capturing uh, people's stories and um, and uh, getting insight into their understanding. And so, one of the things we asked people about was to describe their passion and talk to us about what passion means. And what we learned from from them is that uh, in addition to the academic definition, there's definitely elements of passion that uh, contribute to driving us, but that passion can also consume us. Um, and that uh, there's definitely parts of passion that are enticing or almost seductive in some ways when we're really passionate about an activity. Um, and so there, there's probably lots of things that people are passionate about. And in particular, if you are a leader and you're passionate about your organization or you happen to own that organization, uh, that's certainly uh, probably things that you identify with, that you're, the passion you feel for your people and the work that you do um, definitely would drive you and at times could consume you um, uh, and definitely sort of entice you into doing what you do each day. Uh, but in addition to that, coaches share uh, or pardon me, carry this huge sense of responsibility for their athletes. And one of the coaches said it best when they talked about, you know, the the sport performance is in your hands or their sport performance is in your hands. And I think right now, um, all of us or anyone who's in a leadership position carries a huge sense of responsibility for taking care of their people and taking care of their clients and taking care of their organizations and, and also taking care of their families. And so if you, if there's uh if, if and, and that sense of responsibility is probably there anyway on a day-to-day -day basis. But now that we're living in this time of a pandemic, the stakes are even higher and the stress is even higher and are probably, for some of us, our sense of responsibility is, is enhanced. And so the research taught us that um, that, uh, that element is sort of omnipresent. And, and, uh, and then what that translates into is that when you have this huge sense of responsibility and we're driven to do what we do, um, it's more challenging for us to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. And even though in many circumstances, we know what we need to thrive and we know what we need to do at our best, it's very easy for us to put other needs and other elements in front of that. And so oftentimes what we found with the coaches is that, is that their performance was being compromised because they were doing such a great job of taking care of everyone else. Um, and so I think that's a particularly important um, outcome right now is that to think about is that um, this really is a situation where put your own mask on if we use the flight example before assisting others is that we in order to get through this um, sort of unprecedented period of time we really need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves so that we're able to assist the people around us so we're able to serve you know our staff members and our clients and uh, the people who who uh, depend on us. And uh, I'll pause there because I imagine that there'll be some comments from both you and Adrian. And then I think, but I think the other piece that we'll come back to later um, is what we learned about life load um, and understanding how uh, the, all of the components in our lives that contribute to our ability to recover or, or uh, to not recover. And I think that also is uh, incredibly uh, poignant at this particular point in time, but perhaps I'll, I'll pause there. We can talk about the, passion and that responsibility and the need to care for ourselves uh, before we go on to uh, the other piece. Yeah, I think that um, that concept of someone in this position of leadership or supporting and supporting others, it, uh, it's it, what I've learned from, from you all, and I, I, I'm trying to reflect it uh, myself in these times, is how critical it is to make sure that, that I'm well as 
uh, as well going through this because you can only support others to the degree in which you you have the you know the, that capacity. Um, I, I actually like I, I was this morning I was I was uh, I had an email and it was a reference from this book falling up upward with Richard Rohr and uh, and he there the quote in the book was I, I pulled it up as you were saying this because I was like oh man this is so it as Desmond Tutu once told me on a recent trip to Cape Town we are only the light bulbs and our job is just to remain screwed in mm-hmm. like meaning that we all you can yeah you, you have to sort of stay grounded in the fundamentals and uh, taking care of of yourself so that you have the capacity to then serve is just so critical right now and so I I hope uh, hope we can dig into this a little more throughout the uh, throughout this uh, this podcast. Yeah, I think that um, as usually happens. Uh, Donna really does a great job of knowledge translation and taking information and applying it to new contexts. And I think she's really touched on something that's incredibly important. And a couple of things that um, rattle through my brain as I hear her talk um, really are the layers of the complexity of that. So now we have people that are very passionate about their work and they're carrying that load, but they're also passionate about their families, their children, if we look younger, but then also the older um, individuals in their lives. And uh, there's different challenges with that, I think. And you have to consider the human that's involved. And a lot of times for parents, we always want our kids to have a better life. And right now you have parents that are, are wondering, right? They're wondering, wow, my, my child is not going to have their graduation. My child is not going to learn this semester. My child might fall behind. And um, we take a lot of that responsibility and feel it's our job to clear that path and to make sure that they don't experience some of those challenges. Yet when we're in, we're in this time where that's difficult and from a leadership corporate perspective, a lot of coaches take a lot of pride in kind of knowing where the athlete is headed and clearing the path. So I know that you are involved in the sport of golf and a lot of times there's a practice round. But before the practice round, the coach has researched that course and they know what the athlete's going to expect. They know the athlete's tendencies and they can help that athlete in the practice round to make notes on the course. And right now, I think a lot of leaders um, who pride themselves in being able to kind of clear that path and having that vision, they're not sure right now. And they, they want to be ahead of the curve. They want to understand, but everyone's at the mercy of the information that's coming out in the morning. And I think that that's, that's a challenge as well. And so I really do think that they're passionate about it. They care deeply, so they're going to feel deeply. And yet they feel such a sense of ownership and responsibility. And I think all of us right now are, you know, a lot of times it might go back to those core concepts of, you know, focusing on what we can control and what's our job and what's our, our role. And again, looking at the golf analogy and in sport, there's a lot of athletes that are, they're wondering what they're training for or when the competition's going to be. But there's other people that are meeting every 48 hours to decide that. So you're, you don't have to worry about that. You know, that's, that's out of your hands. And I think a lot of us are, are struggling with what are the pieces that we don't have to worry about right now? Um, when, when, when can I let go and allow this to be my child's path? When do I need to clear? And, you know, so I think there's a lot of layers. And if you do have that person who's, passionate about their work and usually their role is to lead there and someone else kind of does the the kid part you know now that blend is happening and people have responsibility for all of that in totality and or maybe even redefining what their roles are Um, if someone gets a lot of their worth and value from their work usually and they may not have work right now um, that can be um, really difficult for them um, to define it and I like Donna will say one small part about that and then uh, you know pass it along but I remember when I was away with Hockey Canada and the CEO was talking about an experience that he had where um, we were just having those random dinner conversations that sometimes happen when you're in those settings and I'm not even sure how we got there but he was just talking about what he was most proud of in his life and you know, this is someone who coached in the NHL for a number of years and had a lot of successes. And his answer to that question was, I am most proud of the time when I was let go by, I think it was the New York Rangers. And I didn't have work at that time. And so I decided that I wanted to be the best dad that I could be. And I'm really proud of the fact that um, 
that's where I sunk my energy in. And I really took advantage of that, that window in that moment. And it's really difficult because he may also be in a different situation. He may also be in a different situation financially. Um, and other people have different concerns and worries. And it's, it's hard to allow themselves to sink in, into moments when there's so much uncertainty. But um, they're, you know, they're, they're interesting reflections anyways. You just, you bring up such a, such a great point in that this, um, that this, I started this podcast with the theme of what happens at home is what people bring to work and what happens at work comes, comes back home. And there's just this, this, um, this concept of, 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 of compartmentalizing life just, it, it doesn't exist anymore. And there's all these inputs that impact us. And I think over the last couple of weeks that, slaps us in the face even more as I, as I'm sitting here in, in my dining room recording this podcast by my, my wife's on the couch couch reading I'm getting text messages from from work on my phone as this as this is going on and it's it's just the it, it's just so 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 present and I don't have kids and I so I just I think that the um the challenges that are facing parents right now that are facing people that have um that that have that are caring for for parents is just so right in front of us as you're as you're talking with people right now and calls are coming in and you're working with groups where do you where do you even start i think um i think one of the things that's interesting to consider and just what you said right like on how much things have changed and we were talking uh yesterday that um, reflecting sort of on, you know, usually there's like an adaptation curve we go through where we adapt and this isn't a curve. This is like a right angle, right? It's 90 degrees. Our life was going along do, 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 and all of a sudden like, okay, now you're in a spaceship and we don't know where you're going. And it's like literally a 90 degree adaptation line. I don't even know if that's a, a thing. Um, and so I think we have to allow ourselves the moment to sort of pause and and reflect in terms of give ourselves credit for what we've all just lived through and sort of acknowledge that this you know isn't necessarily easy and it isn't known and um we've never had to do this before uh and so i think when we when we go through the uh sort of what i need workshop we do a, a lifeline activity with people where they're able to look at you know the experiences they've had and the journey that they've been on and uh, reflect on where they've come from to help them understand where they are now and i think we all need to allow ourselves to absorb the last it's only been about three weeks now um just that like what we've come through and how we've been forced to adapt in a very abrupt um a very abrupt and a very fast uh very fast way you know and a lot of times we have to adjust to one change in our lives and it's maybe something we can work through on our own. But I was joking with someone the other day that, you know, like we've all had this change and we're doing it with our work and our family and everyone who lives in our house at the same time. And so I, I think that's the, for the first step is just allowing ourselves that, that pause to acknowledge what we've lived through and, uh, and where we're at. And then, um, and then there's, some, you know, some tools and stuff that we've been, using with uh with groups and with um qu quite frankly with ourselves um to uh to help uh, to help us um acknowledge sort of where we are and uh i'll make one other comment and then i'll i'll uh i'll sort of turn it to to the two of you to comment and sort of in um in line with that 90 degree adaptation angle or uh curve or lack thereof i suppose is to consider the life load we call it peace there and so in our day-to-day -day lives there's a a load that we all carry and it's not an, a negative or a positive it's just you know what is in our daily lives and there's a, a physical load in terms of you know the amount of physical work that we do in a day and then there's our emotional load in terms of you know what's going on in our lives and what we're we're carrying emotionally, whether that's, you know, happiness and gratitude or whether it's loss or, or a, a challenge in that way. Um, and then there's, you know, the environment um, that we all exist in. And so regardless of what our load was before, all those, all those elements are still there. And now there's our normal load and then there's this pandemic. And so there's this load change. And um, mm -hmm. so in addition to that, you know, adaptation, everything is different. There's this, uh, there's a, uh, a larger sense of load perhaps placed on us and so I think in terms of the self-care concept here it's, it's important to acknowledge that 
in order to manage all that so that we're able to, to continue to sustain ourselves, we need to do some small things each day to, to limit the cumulative effect on us. Um, and I think it's also important to recognize that the self-care practices aren't going to necessarily take away that sense of, oh my God, everything has changed and I'm on this you know, rocket ship trajectory now, but um, it'll help us to manage it and it'll help us to, uh, you know, reset ourselves uh, daily so we can minimize the cumulative effect. That was awesome. And, and there's something I just, I, I want to acknowledge is before we go on to the, the self-care practices is that you bring up such a great point in that we have been, this idea of all of a sudden you've been hit, we've been hit with the right angle. And and it's from and I just think about our shop at at our, our our shop at work at our company. What our team has has dealt with over the last couple of weeks from a work perspective, like just the onslaught of new information, of having to go home and take on new processes. We've like what you've what we've had to the output of things that we've had to do at work. And that is just one component of someone's life. Then they're dealing with then things at home have changed. You're not seeing your grandchildren. You're not seeing your parents. You're you're having to self-isolate. And I just like, I, I guess one, just the acknowledgement of like, holy man, has this been wild? One, and like everything that I'm feeling, I I have the I have the right to 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 feel and it's it's okay but also the and I and I specifically I've got I'm thinking about the f- folks at our shop like holy shit am I amazing and what have I done in the last couple of weeks it's just like it's I I just think about those people we have we I mean there's shit has hit the fan in in all sorts of ways and of course not everything has gone perfectly We've we've made mistakes. I've made a hundred mistakes a day over the last few weeks, but like, wow, do we did have we handled this well? Like these, like they they are amazing. We need to give ourselves credit for what we're going through and and you know continuing to charge forward. Anyways, I just th- I think that that's so important. I like what you say there, Matt. You, uh, as you are such a positive person, you end with making sure that we celebrate the successes and we really notice what is going well with each other, which I think is really important. I really like that rocket ship analogy. And um, what I think makes sense as I hear both of you talk is understanding that we've never been on a rocket ship before. And so kind of letting go of our expectations of what we think we will feel or what we think will be challenging or not challenging. And instead, Uh, Just paying attention and learning and recognizing, wow, that you're in a new space right now and buying yourself a little bit of time to understand who you are, Uh, maybe even connecting to what Donna was saying around um, and maybe uh, revisiting how you've handled challenges in your life in the past, what you know is important for you to be able to withstand change. Uh, redefining kind of what you need so you feel a sense of normalcy and control again and um, I think that, you know, that takes a little bit of time and a little bit of space and that's okay. And uh, so, yeah, we've never been here before uh, with my athletes. We uh, use this analogy when uh, we had an athlete who is training to get to the, the uh, Olympic games. And I used a mountain climbing analogy uh, with Everest, which I stole from a speaker I had in town who was exceptional, uh, which is great. Uh, but we use the analogy of climbing up Everest and uh, being kind to yourself along the way and recognizing that you've never climbed Everest before because when you get um, in that um, situation where you're doing something for the first time, you're just not sure what's going to come up. And uh, again, there were so many great metaphors that this individual used and they were talking about the fact that when you climb up Everest, regardless of how unbelievable you are, you're always going to run into crevasses, which are places in the mountain that you aren't anticipating, but all of a sudden you fall into a big hole. And he was talking about how um, that's uh, kind of a natural occurrence that's going to happen. And it's not a big deal if you, um, you know who your team is and you know your process and um, you, you use that at that time. The other thing that was interesting too, um, that they talk a lot about is as you're, as you're climbing up that mountain, you uh, basically work really hard to get to base camp one. And once you get to base camp one, what do you do next? And most people say you go to base camp too, but actually you don't. 
you can't climb Mount Everest. You'll never ascend if you do it in a linear fashion because we have to learn and grow and adapt and things take time. And that's a physiological adaptation thing as well. So what you do instead is you spend a little bit of time at base camp one um, acclimating. Then you go back down uh, to the ground again. Then you get up to base camp one and eventually you head up to base camp two. And so as we're dealing with this uncertainty and this newness, it's really important that we give ourselves time to acclimate and we recognize the strain that it's taking on us to be and live there. And sometimes we are going to have to take a step back and give ourselves a little bit of time to acclimate before we head up to the top. One of the things that with this athlete that we really wanted to spend a lot of time doing is making sure that we enjoyed the view along the way. Because indeed, we had never been up Everest before and we'd never seen these views. And so we wanted to make sure to, to enjoy and savor and take that opportunity to relish in it. Um, and the last part that was really interesting was um, they talked about this idea of when you're ascending the mountain and you get to the balcony level, which is the level where you are um, ready to summit the mountain and you're ready to kind of go up that next thing, um, you know, and that's a very taxing place and there's not a lot of oxygen there. And so the person that was giving this talk was saying that as you take one step, um, you know, you have to pause and take three deep breaths because that's just what it's like up there. And so it's important as well that, as Donna alluded to, maybe with our ascent of Everest, first of all, not all of us um, are natural mountain climbers who love new adventures. And so not all of us chose to be on this adventure. Um, and the second thing is, maybe we all weren't given the opportunity to ascent the mountain in a way that allowed for maximum physiological adaptation, we were all thrown in maybe at the mountain level or the balcony level, you know, where we're like, oh. And so again, that self-care does really become um, unbelievably important because um, we just, there is not as much oxygen up there. Things are new and different. And we didn't have the opportunity to get used to the mountain. We're all of a sudden on this mountain and, um, we're just not sure what's happening and how we got there. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at as a world right now. So again, it's looking at your resources. The interesting thing about my speaker that came, his name was Sebastian Sassville. And when he showed up to climb Everest, he, you show up and there's a lot of people that are, are doing this nowadays, I guess. Well, not right now, I guess. So the Everest will get a break, but a lot of groups that want to ascend Everest. And he was saying that if you showed up at the bottom of the mountain with all the groups of people ascending Everest, he said that if you were to guess who was going to ascend that mountain, their group would have gotten the lowest ratings. There no way. He had type one diabetes. Everyone in his group had some sort of physical, physical difficulty or challenge. And he was, um, climbing Everest because uh, he wanted to show, I guess when he received the diagnosis that he was diabetic, he was very scared and he didn't want any children, any child to think that they were limited because of that diagnosis. So he really took on these projects to show that he could so that other people um, expanded their minds and didn't feel scared. And that's sort of his motivation. So he said that, you know, we all made it because A, we knew our why, we knew our purpose, we knew why I was doing it. And he said, and B, we all knew that we had physical limitation. We all knew that we needed each other and we were honest about that. So we asked for help along the way. And he said, our group of all those people at the bottom was the only group who ascended Mount, um, Mount Everest of those tours. And so again, at this time understand who's showing up to the mountain you know understand ourselves understand who we what we need from each other let's support each other let's ask for it you're right there's not as much separation between work and home right now and maybe that's a good thing because we're being forced to ask for help we're being forced to identify our needs and get them on the table because we can't hide them right now and know what your purpose is what your why is what drives you um know why you want to see the top of them out you know th those are things that are good as well so anyways that's a story that i i've used a lot with my athletes and in some ways um, when you talked about the rocket ship i guess getting to the top of everest is the uh, closest to getting up uh, a rocket ship if you're going to maintain um any footing on earth uh and so yeah as we uh, adapt and embrace this challenge i think that's uh that's one thing that goes through my mind that's uh Inspiring as always. Thank you. <laughs> and um, there's a lot that you said there. And um, I, I, I guess I want to. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to. I don't know what happens sometimes. It just got away from me. I apologize. I'm oh, that was, that was, I'm, I'm, that, that was amazing. Every, you know, as a side note, I, there, there's, there's many times where the, where we're hanging out and I just think to myself, well, I'm just going to grab a, 
like a bag of popcorn and just don't stop Adrian. Keep going. I just want to, <laughs> I want, I want to, I want a recorder in a bag of popcorn. So this is, this is, this is part of my secret motivation of these podcasts is I get to record some of these amazing conversations that I have, but I, I just, you, there's a couple things that I want to, that I wanted to maybe expand on in, in, in what you just said. One of them is, all of a sudden is this, this, is this piece of getting halfway up the mountain and you need to take three breaths. So I want to, I want to talk about that, but the, the last component about around purpose and why you're doing what you're doing, I, we, we you both spoke to that um, uh, on the webinar that we just recorded before this and, and yesterday. So if you could, if you could um, speak a little more to that, to the purpose and how you've spoken, uh, I've talked to clients recently amidst, amongst this situation we find ourselves all in. Uh, I think I think one of the uh, concepts that um, we've been talking about a, a lot um, recently, and and actually one of the concepts that we use in uh, in the workshop that we do is we we talk about the uh, Simon Sinek um, TED talk he did about you know what's your why or finding uh, your why. And, uh, and that's important, uh, you know, from a day-to-day perspective in terms of keeping yourself or your organization tied to, you know, why it is you exist and why you do what you do. And uh, one of the, the concepts we've been talking about lately is uh, instead of what is your why is, is who is your why? Uh, because the, the, the self-isolation or, you know, the staying at home and limiting our interaction is, is quite challenging for a, a plethora of reasons and we're as humans wired to be uh, near each other and connected. And so I think one of the things that can really help uh, individuals right now perhaps is doing a little bit of a reflection on, you know, why is this, why is it important to me to stay home or who, who am I staying home for and who am I trying to protect uh, and, and framing our behavior that way can really help to uh, help us to feel better in our current reality because it ties our actions to um, not just a specific outcome, but a specific human who or person who is, who is important to us. And that can really help us um, focus on, on our why, but it, it, uh, we've been calling it uh, who is your why. Uh, and I think that can sort of help um, in a day-to-day environment to sort of ground us in, um, it's one way to ground us in, in our moment and, uh, and in our behavior. So uh, Adrian probably has an additional comment around the, the why piece and being grounded in, uh, in your purpose as well. Well, you know, always a few more comments if the, the space is provided. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what uh, I love what Donna said with that, and so just to uh, take it in a bit of a different direction, I think in some ways uh, we have had a unique opportunity to pause in our lives and really reconnect and spend time thinking about what our why is. I think some people um, are uh, have a closer connection to that, and other people. Uh, maybe uh, it's something they haven't thought a lot about recently, and that can be a bit disconcerting. And so I just think it's it's interesting is, yeah, how do we want to use our life energy? What gives us meaning and purpose? And we know that if we live with meaning and purpose, whatever that means for us, that we can both uh, protect it and ensure we do that enough every day so that we have the energy to sustain, sustain ourselves. Uh, but we also know that that um, needs that we'll, we'll be happy and, and we'll have more joy in our lives because people who live with meaning and purpose um, naturally um, have the, have, have that in their lives. I think when you connect it to that passion piece too, um, you know, again, passion, and uh, there's a lot of energy with, um, with that passion piece. And um, this COVID-19, something that can be challenging about it is that it threatens some of those things for us sometimes. And we wonder and, and worry about them. And so buying yourself some time to reflect or think or, um, you know, jot some notes down, I think can help us to really um, unearth or revisit or, or reconnect or, or remind or, you know, live some of those things that are really of value to us. I, I, I just, I love that um, there, there's almost, there's a reframe there in this concept of purpose and then who, you know, who, 
who, who am I also, who am I doing this for? Like it can be, you know, we can, um, my wife has said uh, a few times over the last couple of weeks, as we go to the grocery store and there's, you know, there's, we've here on social media that there's not, there's nothing left, but you go in there, there's, there's a ton left. Uh, there's just, there isn't the, the, the lemon that we may be looking for. Like, I think our, it's, it's in, in some cases it's, it's just, um, there's just much more inconvenience. And I think that that, that reframe about, um, about the perspective on what, you know, why, why it is important to stay home. And, um, and then this, this, uh, as Adrian, as you're speaking to, there's this, this other opportunity of we've been forced to take a pause and how are you going to, um, how are you going to use that pause? And one of the ways is to, is to reflect before we go in there though, I just, I want to just, take a minute to talk about from a clinical perspective, just as a, as a psychologist, because in this last webinar, you spoke to a few things around being aware of it's okay that your body is, is your, your body is going to react in certain ways. And that's, it's, it's kind of natural. And so I just, it, it maybe around this, whether it's, um, uh, you know, anxiety, we, uh, many of us are feeling anxiety right now and, how do we cope with that or how do we make sense of it? If you could speak to that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure I'll answer your question directly, which would probably not be super surprising. So feel free. Well, you, you, you answer the, the, what you always do is you take whatever the gibberish is that comes out of my mouth and you answer what needs to be answered. So thank you. Well, we'll see if you feel that way at the end. I don't even know if I remember the question, but no, um, it's around, uh, yeah, the impact. So I think, first of all, is the acceptance that we are human beings is important and human beings are built in a certain way. And one of the words I used was around physiological adaptation on the mountain. And whenever anxiety and things are sticking with us and whenever that stuff is just there, um, it should be paid attention to. There's one author who talks about that idea of the fact that our bodies are made up of many different employees and every employee in our body is meant to do a job. But unfortunately, we label them good and bad, happy, good, anxiety, bad, you know, and um, they just use the analogy and metaphor of that and talk about the fact that, you know, if you're in a workplace and you labeled some people good and bad, mm, they wouldn't like it because all those employees are, are trying to do their job. And so sometimes when we get into these new situations that are a bit overwhelming, we maybe try not to pay attention to that stuff or we try and control it or we try to, for it to not be there. And she talks about the fact that then what we do is we just stuff it into the basement, which she refers to as the body. And that's when we start to have like anxiety and, and those kinds of things that come out in very unhelpful ways. And so usually it's coming out in an unhelpful way when we haven't paid attention to it, when we've tried to ignore it, when we've tried to act like we're stronger than we really are right now. So I do think it's important for everyone to recognize that um, we are not necessarily um, in a situation we've been in before. And I also had mentioned the fact that some of us love climbing mountains and uh, you know, when we look at personality, we often talk about state versus trait stuff or personality stuff. And so there's some people that um, really are kind of more adventurous and they embrace challenge and they're pretty excited about it. Um, and there are, there are other people where that's a really daunting task and it might be the first mountain they've climbed in a long time. And so it's really important. Part A is to understand who you are and be honest about that and accepting of that and non-judgmental about that um, and to meet yourself where you're at. Because if you saw some other poor dude that was thrown onto the mountain and you saw them struggling, you'd probably be empathic and you'd probably look at them and say, wow, that guy's really going to hurt himself if he doesn't figure this out. And we'd look at it in a different way. Yet with ourselves, rather than spending the time getting to know and observe what's happening and being kind to ourselves, we can often be pretty harsh and um, uh, really critical. So I think that uh, we need to... Um, be aware of who we are and, you know, what fitness level we showed up to, whether that's emotional fitness, et cetera, to this situation. Uh, we may also need to unpack some things. We might have some stuff in our bags. So, um, you know, we all, uh, Donna alluded to the idea of a lifeline, but we've all had other experiences and this actually might, um, be similar and our brain again we're all human so we have these brains that are unbelievable 
And our brains remember things, especially when they're attached to emotion. And it does that. It remembers things and situations we've been in because it's usually really helpful. I know how to lock a door. I don't think about it because my brain remembers that information. And when we're in situations that remind us of other experiences, then our brain reminds us because it's trying to help. But if we've been in other situations that have created a lot of anxiety and stress for us or other, if we've been in other places that have been very challenging and difficult, sometimes we're not only climbing Everest, but we're also responding, reacting to what happened in the past. So it might be, mean a little unpacking. And if we do find that it's like, gosh, why am I not sleeping? What's going on? Maybe um, there's other stories in our lives that we've been through. Maybe we need to help ourselves understand how we're different now and how we've learned from that other experience and how that can help us now rather than becoming something we have kind of packed away in the closet that we're afraid to unearth. So being kind, spending time listening to our story, not wanting ourselves to be any different than we are because we're perfect exactly as we are not wishing that we didn't have experiences that we had because we did and we can't will them away. We can't ignore them. We can't pretend they're not there and really being honest and um, open to the emotions that we're experiencing in this place. That's very challenging and very new so that we don't stuff it into our bottom and only have uh, into our bodies and only have that unhealthy version that comes forward, but rather, rather maybe seeing it as, Oh, wow, I'm feeling anxious today. Hmm. I wonder what's going on for me. Oh, maybe I need to take a walk. Maybe I do need to sit down with my child and spend time with them. Maybe I need to, okay, what's going on? What am I supposed to learn from this? What is that employee trying to do for me right now? What are they trying to remind me? Maybe it means that I do have to have an honest conversation about my boss because this is what's happening right now. But again, we're all trying to ascend this mountain and usually it's a mountain of life and we do a lot of solo climbs, but now it's a bit bigger, you know, it's no longer garbage hill. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, actually Everest whoa that's a big deal for the prairies um, but yeah it's a much bigger mountain we haven't been on and so some of the tools we've developed are going to be really really useful but you know what we might need to be collaborative I might need to admit I don't have that tool and I might need to learn some from someone um, part of that too is uh, yeah being honest and um, keeping yourself mentally well in a in a proactive manner so that was a little lengthy I apologize it got away from me that was awesome. I, you know, I, what I'm, I'm also, we're, I'm aware of time here. So I promise we'll, we'll wrap this up very soon. Um, we, we don't really have anywhere else to be, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, well, I, well, they, you didn't want to say that I'll have you on the line for the rest of the days, you know, but um, on a daily basis, you're talking to Olympic athletes that have trained their whole lives to participate in this summer's games and are now sitting at home, not able to train, which is what they've done every day for the last 25 years. Um, you're also talking to business owners and, um, and uh, people in the workforce who are in the same, who are in a, in a similar boat in that they're all of a sudden there's been this, this, pause and the thing that they that they define themselves by has been has been has been pressed on pause and there's a lot of uncertainty around that what do what do you tell these these folks that are doing their part staying at home um but you know trying to figure out what's next well um i would say that I'm not sure I tell them anything. I think I try to create space to figure out where they're at and, and what they need. And it really has been um, a very much a changing landscape. And I do think that you are, you're right. There are people who are absolutely devastated for various reasons. And sometimes I feel their pain. <laughs> sometimes I'm tired and I feel badly because similar to what we talked about passion and, um, you know, feeling a sense of responsibility. I, I think you find yourself not wanting that to be the story, but I think now what I've come to is the fact that that is the story. And again, I love my African American poet, Maya Angelou, who has asked, you know, if she, when she wrote her autobiography, if, she wished some of the things she experienced never happened to her. And she took a deep breath 
And she said that I don't will any of those experiences away because every experience has become the wise woman who sits before you today. And so I think I'm, I'm moving more in that direction of, of trying to help them understand that, that this is part of their story and it's not about getting through because we, we never want to get through our lies, even the chunks that are really, really challenging because the, the, it's all part of the gift of, of our life. Right. And, and so this is, this is part of their story. And I know with one of my athletes, um, some of our initial correspondence was around the fact that, um, you know, we, uh, when we bring ourselves to what we do and we understand kind of who we are, that's when we're our best. And this is an athlete who's been on a real journey for that and was very devastated because was very ready to do special things. And, um, you know, that's really tough to wrap your head around when the, when the path is suddenly changed and, even it continues to change in terms of the length of this. And so at one point uh, we were just talking about that, that you're, you're just going to have space to get to know yourself even better. And I think it's about where you put your energy as well, because right now is not the time to, to train and to work on these other areas. They don't exist anymore. And if we sit and long for that and worry, it can, um, you know, become challenging. So I think the way I'll kind of put this together is, again, this is very different from the context we're talking about. But there was someone in my life who was expecting a child and along the way had no indication there was any challenge with that child. And the child was born and the child was born with a developmental disability. It was born with Down syndrome. And for them, that was very different than what they had expected. And I happened to be over at their place and someone dropped off a poem they found on the internet. And the poem on the internet was very beautiful. And it said, you know, your whole life, you've been preparing to go to Paris. And you've been so excited to go to Paris. And you make your plans and you get ready to go to Paris. And you get off the plane and you look around and you're in the Netherlands. And the poem, the message in the poem is don't be so determined to go to Paris that you miss out what the Netherlands has to offer because the Netherlands, the Netherlands is also a very beautiful country. And so I think that, you know, sometimes we have these visions in our head of what our path looks like or what our summer looks like or um, what 2020 looks like or whatever period of time. And you're right. We were really, really excited to live that story. But now we're getting off the plane in a different place. And, you know, we're at Everest or wherever we are. And you know what? There's a lot of beauty that that place has to offer as well. And so I think the quicker we're able to um, switch from that one context and come to peace with the fact that we're in a new place, we're able to really um, figure that out. And I think that you know, I also love the, the concept of becoming. And when I was young, my mom used to read The Velveteen Rabbit. Uh, she would try any of those stories. She would break down and never got through them. But um, she tried. And it's a very beautiful story about becoming. And I think that this is all our, you know, again, usually it's an individual journey where we experience things and we grow and develop. And it's this lifelong process of becoming. And now we as a human a human race or human species we're we're on part of this journey together and we have the opportunity to become and learn and grow and in that story they talk about the fact that you know people who reach their potential or become the best versions of themselves it doesn't happen to people who are, are fragile and break easily and you know now none of us um, have the opportunity to be, to be fragile or break easily we're all kind of put into this place so it's a new journey. It's tough. It's, it's not easy. And Donna alluded to that earlier when she said you can do all the self-care in the world. But at the end of the day, there are going to be days where it's hard. And that's okay. Don't stuff it in the basement. Deal with it. Let it be hard. Because that's part of your process of becoming kind of the unbelievable person that, that you were born to be. I think that's amazing. I, can, I um, have one other um, idea just to add sort of to that in that same vein. and. Um, um, I live in a house with uh, a dog and a cat and a very active uh, two girls that are very active. They're seven and nine. And one of the things that we've talked about with uh, some of the people that we work with and certainly with ourselves is that um, in addition to, you know, meeting ourselves where we are at and uh, and recognizing the opportunity in the moment, I think the other piece that can help us is that 
we talk about embracing our humanity, and I think in this particular point in time, you need to embrace the mess. Um, the mess that is, I'll speak very plainly, that is your house, if you live in a house like mine. Um, the, you know, the mess that is trying to figure out this new reality. Um, and if we can sort of embrace it and meet ourselves at that place, then it makes it easier for us to be in that place and move forward from that spot. And so I'm, I, uh, you know, we talk about embracing the, the mess or adjusting your expectations. And I, I'm not suggesting that you lower your expectations, but perhaps adjusting them is helpful. And so um, uh, I'm a fairly high energy person and I'm used to having a very full day uh, and then usually puttering around and, you know, doing maybe uh, some writing in the evening or doing some additional development work in the evening. And I found that since uh, everyone has been home, I'm just not able to do that. Like I'm, I'm pretty spent by the time we get the kids in bed um, and stuff. And so, and also uh, <laughs> our house looks like a war zone. Like our mudroom is living up to its name. There's without a word of a lie, there's a mountain bike, there's 10 pairs of boots uh, and bird seed. My kids like to feed birds like all over the place. And um, uh, there's a lot of puddles in our yard and uh, my kids got their rubber boots really met the, wet the other day and then they went out in their winter boots to play in the puddles but their liners got really wet so I tried to dry them and after leaving them out for two days they still weren't dry so I put them in the dryer and now my, my dryer looks like a mud hole I've never had to clean a dryer before um, and so you know these things could literally push someone over the edge on top of you know like trying to manage your job because all these are happening during the work day and stuff, right? But um, we sort of choose to have the like, oh my God, and, and I laugh at it as much as I can and let it go. And so I'm not perfect at it and there's days where it's harder, but I think if we can um, embrace the mess in that way that sort of helps us to like laugh at the things that are, are funny or even if, if they're not funny, if there's humor in the moment and meet ourselves where we are and sort of recognize uh, where we're at in this stage because when change happens inevitably there's mess and so I think that can really help us um, by embracing the mess we're really embracing our humanity which is really the best gift I think we can give ourselves um, in this moment in time. For the record Donna is someone who actually might climb Everest with her entire family so you know she's just doing many versions of that on a day-to-day -day basis currently. <laughs> I'm not sure about uh, that, but thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> uh, that's that uh, that is such great perspective from 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 both of you. The uh, um, you know, I think that that you, what you've what you've both described is just the 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 range of of uh, different circumstances that that people are in right now. All the while, um, we have. Uh, healthcare workers who are on the front lines dealing with this and supporting people and um uh yeah Adrian. Uh, I think one thing as well from what donna said um i almost think we have to redefine what success is for ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis and instead of holding ourselves to the standard of what we find valuable in paris there might be different things that we need to be successful in the netherlands amen um well you know i that's i that's about as good of a place to end this podcast off that was um that was fantastic um thank you both is there before we head off are there any parting thoughts that you'd like to share delivery delivery recommendations amazon uh meme uh, favorite memes you know uh, just promoting tours in Manitoba before this Matt sent us this beautiful um, uh, Compilation I guess of the beauty that the natural world has to offer with beautiful tune and uh, my children uh, were watching a uh, Just trying to think I have his name written down James Corden had a special he delivered from his living room where he connected with people around the world and for me, it was just incredibly powerful. And I guess for me, we're seeing the best of humanity at this time too. And it's so beautiful that people are allowing their true selves to be seen right now. And Brene Brown talks about the idea of having the courage to be vulnerable. And right now, some of us are being nudged into it, but gosh, it's, it's really beautiful to see 
so many courageous people uh, around that are making all of our lives better. So thank you to uh, the people on the front lines who are doing it in that way. Thank you to people like uh, Matt Johnson, who's doing the best he can to help everyone in his company. And even through some of their business initiatives, Johnson Group's doing in the local community that will um, uh, take an incredible amount of pressure off a lot of people who do just want to do good, but are unable to do so without that little bit of lift. So again, I think there's so many beautiful people in the world and um, I think we're, we're seeing that. And, and I know that I'm um, an appreciative recipient of all that goodness. Well, thank you, Adrian. And I'm speaking to two of my favorites in that category. So um, as always, I can't thank you enough for what you both do in the world. The work you do is is so important. I feel very lucky to to call you friends and, and colleagues. And um, I really appreciate you taking all the time today and um, all the support you're giving us. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. It's uh, awesome to to uh to be here